0: the radio misfits podcast network welcome to wine women radio where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine industry Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show Hello everybody, it's uh, welcome to Wine Women Radio, I'm Marcia Maycumber here today with Lisa Adams-Walter and Misty Kane. Woo Woohoo! Ladies, just Cheers. getting us all together in the same room given Cheers. we're all in different counties is a good thing. Cheers. Well listeners, you probably hear just a little bit of a rumble in the background, the rumble of a, a healthy audience, a healthy room full of wine tasters, we're actually at Sonoma's Best. uh enjoying a very special event celebrating the Historic Vineyard Society. So we're getting to celebrate tonight by tasting a lot of wines that are grown and made from grapes of historic vineyards. So this should be a lot of fun because there's upwards of a 100 people here. This is not a huge, huge place.
1: And it's sold out. And it's sold
0: out. And there are a lot of wines offered. And we're hopefully going to get some of the winemakers here um, to to talk a little bit about what they're they're offering um actually what we're starting with right now and, and to let you know you well, wanted well, to add missing? yeah for
2: listeners out there i wanted to just sort of help paint the visual and one of the things that i really love about the layout of this event is there are stations situated yeah. in all the different it's a rooms. walk around it's a walk around tasting at sonoma's best and at each station the historical vineyard society who is um supportive or partnering on this event. Mm-hmm. They have these really nice handouts um, talking about the historic vineyards where yeah. these wines are right. coming from. Yeah. And, and we, the decade planted. So some of yes. them are going
0: back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They go back over a hundred years. Yeah. So yeah. I pulled up some of that info. So to let you know um, who some of the wines are from this evening. The first one we're going to be starting with is called Maitre de Chai which me that's the French word for master of the cellar, or rather cellar masters is how we translate it. Um, and Maitre de Chai comes from, and I'm looking and I'm not seeing it, but um, it? owned by Marty Winters and Alex Pitts, I believe. And the, the Sauvignon Blanc that we are drinking with first oh here a little cheers clink 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 always a good thing this comes from the Heron Vineyard in Sonoma Valley it was planted in the 1960s 1969 was when Rudy Rodriguez planted the Heron Vineyard on a tiny little parcel a few hundred feet above Sonoma Valley on Sonoma Mountain uh, Harry Crete, the owner of the property, originally sold his fruit to Mike and Mary Benziger throughout the 1970s and 80s. And in 1989, Phyllis Heron purchased the property from Harry Crete and continued growing the grapes today. Phyllis's son, Wyn Heron, lives on the property now and oversees this beautiful parcel on Sonoma Mountain. The vineyard is farmed by Rudy's nephew, Servando, as well as marty winters and alex pitts of maitre de Chai. all of the fruit is taken by marty and alex at maitre de Chai for their heron sauvignon blanc bottling thank you for sharing that <laughs> it's <laughs> misty it's well, great the, and the other it's really classic. cool thing about this
1: event at these stations there are representatives from each of these wineries so i That's was right. just chatting with the woman from this winery mm-hmm. and she was telling me a little bit about how this wine is made and how it's aged on the lees and then, you know, the, the nice. in, in the fact that that wine re- the vineyard was planted in the 60s. Um, it's a really kind of cool, interactive, right from the source sort of event. It is.
0: It is a great one. Yeah, and boy, and this is a classic Sauvignon Blanc to me, right? It's, you know, beautiful. really strong uh, backbone, a good sharp acidity to it. Um, it's got the straw color to it kind of a classic profile to me. What, do you, what are you guys it getting?
3: Was,
1: it, it spent
2: some time in the barrel. It has some nice body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the texture. Which is nice. I picked up mm-hmm. on a lot of texture with the sauvignon blanc. It was really nice. And yeah. And the acidity was really well balanced, which mm-hmm. is hard sometimes with sauvignon blancs.
0: I would pair this with a lot of um, Thai foods, spicy foods, just Asian foods in general. It seemed to be great, but also what came to mind talking with one of our recent guests. Jambalaya. and Gumbo. Yes. You know. So food from tropical areas that is often very spicy to help cool them down. Yeah, like curry dishes. Curries, Indian really dishes good. would probably yeah. be lovely with this Caribbean. dish. with the Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. So I bet you guys would like to know a little bit about what makes a historic vineyard with the Heritage Vineyard Society. Is that a Big one for you. I would like to know. All right, I'm gonna. uh, Misty's going. Oh, oh, I'll let you go Mm. and dump mine and so forth.
4: Because Misty's gonna
0: run and do the uh, the the uh, pick up the next wine for us. Um, So, for our listeners, the Heritage Vineyard Society of Sonoma was established in 2011. Um, They are a nonprofit 501c3. They're dedicated to preserving California's historic vineyards. Their mission is accomplished through education on the very nature of these treasured historical vineyards. And we tell you here some of their backgrounds. They're really, really quite cool. Because as Lisa was saying, they go back decades and decades, in some cases, a couple centuries even. So um, they really go way back. Would you like to know, Lisa what the criteria is to be designated I would. a historic vineyard. Because okay. I,
1: I don't think it's limited to Sonoma it Valley, isn't. It right? It isn't. It's okay.
0: th- they're starting simply by saying California, and uh, if they go beyond that, we'll find out from there. But they're just starting by saying they're trying to preserve California's historic vineyards.
1: And it's a nonprofit. It I is a nonprofit, well, exactly.
0: So. Everybody involved is a volunteer. There is no paid staff for this at all. Um, so this is kind of a phenomenal. unique event. Yeah, it is. Um, so here's some of the, the process for becoming designated and actually certified um, as a California historic vineyard. First of all, um, somebody has to nominate uh, the vineyard to go on to the registry. So a big portion of this is simply they're building the registry of the vineyards throughout the state, um, that are certified, and what are those criteria? Well, uh, they have to be a currently producing California wine vineyard. Their original planting date has to be at least 50 years ago, but you know uh, um, whether or not it's been continuous or not is another matter altogether. And at least one-third of the existing producing vines have to be traced back to the original planting date. So oh. a huge number of things. So it so can't
1: just be a parcel that has had vineyards on it for 50 plus years. There have to be some vines that are 50 plus years. Yeah, there have to be at least
0: In a third of them have to have been original producing vines that are currently producing. Mm-hmm. So hello. So hi.
5: Hi. 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 Who
2: are you? Surprise. <laughs> 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 Sit down and talk well, on we so oh, Very friendly. So Marcia, I went to grab the wine, but <laughs> I couldn't resist to bring the winemaker back Arf with Mar- us. Uh, Good idea. Bonus. Yeah, I
0: brought backup. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Lynn. Lynn Wheeler. Welcome, Lynn. I'm Marcia.
5: Cheers. Cheers. You know,
0: I think it's apropos that our first guest on this show is a woman winemaker since we are Wine Women Radio and we support women in the lab. I can't
5: wait to figure out who you guys
0: are. I know. Happy (laughs) (laughs) to. It's It's okay. One one little piece at a time. So this is your Chardonnay that we are getting to take a little bit of from Edith and Ida, right? Yes, that's right. Thank you. cool. So this one goes way back. The vineyard goes back to the 1940s. Yeah, 1944 it was planted, actually. Wow. So this is from the Lononis... A uh, vineyard in Redwood Valley. That's right, um, up there in Mendocino. Yep. So yep. a bit of a distance oh. away. So you came a distance here to pour for the historical society. You know, actually, nice.
2: I
5: have a winery in Santa Rosa. So, <laughs> yeah. but it did feel it's like still a long kinda, drive. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's still and it's
0: rush hour and kind of traffic. County
1: and is not small. No, no, no. no it's right. the same.
0: What we were, what were we saying during the fires? The first thing was we were saying it's as big as or bigger than Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. And mm. then everybody was saying. Though, uh, a lot of what was going on was bigger than San Francisco and Oakland combined, and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's a big expanse- it's a big county,
2: expansive place. That's right. But sure. Tell us a little bit about yeah. this wine that we us, have in Lynn.
5: our glass. Oh, sure. Thank you for yeah. inviting me over to do so. Yeah, we well,
0: awesome. want to hear all about it. Yeah, Edith so, and Ida and your project.
2: Yeah, thank you. So, well,
5: Kenny and I um, have a winery together in Santa Rosa called the Hoba Wine Company, and we this is our nineteenth harvest together. So I've done all sorts of things. I've sold wine with my babies on my hip. I've filed paperwork. I've scrubbed floors, filled <laughs> barrels, all the stuff. But I finally was like, you know what? I want to manage a fermentation and sort of you know, go find fruit and, and do that process because Kenny always did that stuff. And so, several years ago, I I did just that. I actually found a peak pool vineyard right over here in this in a backyard <laughs> right behind us I here in Sonoma. Yeah, it's it was really fun, very bright, and really a neat uh, vineyard to work with. But as it would develop, I only got to make that one year. We'll skip that over happens. we'll skip over that story. <laughs> but um, we had worked with the Lalonus Vineyard for years, making um, Valdegui. He has really old vine Valdigy He has really old vine mm-hmm. Um And um, so we had a relationship with them. And luckily, um, because of that relationship, I was offered to make the, the Chardonnay. And so I, I lucked out, as I would like to think. And yeah, so I got the fruit. And basically, it's been a big learning process. Making white wine is not easy, no. as I quickly learned. I mean, my first vintage was... It seemed okay. It made itself. I was like, "Oh, this is great. This is easy," you know. Um, but then, wow, the second vintage was harder, and I, you know, I had to. I, I guess I'd made some mistakes, but you know, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm, I'm really proud of this vintage, um, and I think it tastes great. It's, it's, and it's creamy, I'm proud but it has it. a lot yeah. of
0: strong backbone to it, which there's is a great. lot of
5: acid, and I think yeah. this is a character of it being such an old vineyard. Yeah, right. Um, you know, it doesn't lose the acid as fast as you would think it would because because of, I think, its deep roots. It's got a huge trunk. It's able to just not drop out that acid when the sugars rise. So, so I think that's a really fun part of this wine. Um, I have to take a lot of care of it. I have to keep it topped. And um, it just, it's so, so that's that body. It, it does, right. it kind of tends to be a little oxidized, but not overly so. Um, I don't know. I find it very interesting. I don't know what you all think, but. I and, do and, and too. Yeah, And it's organic.
2: Farming, it's all right?
5: organically grown fruit. Um, the Lalonises, they make some of their of, of the Chardonnay right. themselves and have had it tested for, um Oh, I forget the name of the chemical that Roundup leaves when it's sprayed or when it's oh, drifted right, over right, right. like gly... Like, mm-hmm. I forget the name, but... Well, well, Roundup is glyphosate, so... Right, so it's probably that chemical that's the residue. That And right. so they had it tested, and there's none of that in there. Yay! So, I know, it's great. A lot of really good farming. Um,
0: they've been, uh, it, you they've know, been doing it a long time. To give a little bit more history, Frank Malona's planted it in the 1944. yes. The winery itself and the vineyard is now owned by his granddaughter and her husband, right? That's De- right. Denise and yes. Alan? Is it Alan? It's actually, um, it's not A- Alan. A- it's Athen. It's yeah. Yeah, has got yeah. an unusual yes. name. De- yes. Denise and Athen Polis um, now own and farm it. Greek, yeah. Which yes. is cool. Very, very cool. Um, some of the interesting characteristics of the vineyard itself is it's uh, got unusually wide spacing. There's a That's lot of cross-cultivation, right. which is perfect with organic farming because then you're getting a whole bunch of mix of different plants to help play off one another. So that really helps out quite a lot. And the soils are kind of in a, an upheaved alluvial soil. Very, very fun. So, cool. Yeah,
5: yeah. The wide spacing is really interesting. And old, um, old fruit trees... Lots of nice. pollinators, lots of um, you know big trees for predators. There's a lot of habitat in this place. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's a Lynn, what do you place. like to pair this with? Oh, good for question. Sure. I would yeah. anything. No. Anything. <laughs> well, they brought us this little good bite. company and making dinner. I, I make okay. dinner, and I'm like, oh, I'll just have a little you know white wine while I make there you dinner, go. and that. Yeah, but for sure, because of those round notes you know I think it would go well with tre- cheese yeah. but then that acid you know really just right. cleanse the palate and it and and I think it just is a food friendly easy yeah. drinking not you know yeah. Am and I talking to you? No, much? not at all. No, not no, at all. No, 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 no. This but, no. is radio.
2: Right? But for but for our women listeners yeah. out there, I have to ask this one really Please. important question because yeah. the marketing side of me can't help but ask. Right. And I Great. know for women, um, your label has a really special story. Oh, cool! For this yeah, one. sure. Can you tell, us? tell it. Oh,
5: it's a long one. Let's see well, if I can get it Yeah. So, so on the cover of the label, or the label has Morgan LaFay on the cover. Yeah, and it's a a really really nice illustration. So you know, the short version, if I don't have a lot of time to tell people, um, oh, she's trying to bring peace to you know to what she sees, right? Because on the label, you know, she's a pagan, um, but there are like little you know religious figures in the distance, and she's not trying to convert anyone or push anyone into anything. She's really trying to be inclusive and kind. So Morgan Lefay's sort of her reputation if you're a man um, oops your phone's ringing is uh, (laughs) like the male perspective is is that she's a sorceress she's negative she's out to just do harm but the female perspective which when I read Mists of Avalon which is really where this is coming from yeah. I'm, I'm almost 45 and what? i read my miss of yes. avalon was my first feminist book i thought right. what is going it's on great, this is great amazing book. you know she's a young girl and and she grows up and she's smart and she stands up for herself and uh she's a healer and she she's connected to the earth and, yeah, and she's actually she's proud of nature. that. she's a much she's a big part of nature and so and that book Portrays Morgan Lefay in a, a very strong woman that she is, and not a negative sorceress who's trying to just break up marriages. So,
0: yay! <laughs> That's, That's not on my
5: website, but there's something. Out. There's more on my website yeah. about that. But.
0: It's a beautiful label. It's nice. Really These nice. are fun. It's this a, is
2: great. Yeah, beautiful label. Great. Thank you. Yeah, our professor table. in New
5: York. Um, he did my last label, and he did this one nice. too, Danny Schwartz.
0: Very cool. Well, Lynn yeah. Wheeler, Edith and Ida is at yeah, edithandida.com. Yeah. yeah. It's I great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we you really appreciate how stopping by. How do I find by. you? Thanks what are ha- You're going to find us at winewomen.net. Okay. You, and you, you'll find the show there awesome. and we'll awesome. get you all connected. And can so, streaming, yeah. Streaming on all sorts of podcast platforms. Great.
2: Can, how do we find it? And can listeners visit your winery or is it Yeah, so
5: that's that's right. Well, it is by appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the best way to do that is hobowines.com. There you go click you can make it on facebook you can email me whatever Great. i'm happy go. to see fantastic. you i'm all i'm right. the one you'll By. see i uh, it's yeah. my job I'm a, uh, among other things so wonderful right. thank you so what right. much what a pleasure wonderful. what thank a pleasure i look forward to listening to your show thank you okay. Okay. and, and enjoy the rest of the tasty yeah. all right bye
0: and we're back with another glass this is fantastic so um we are really enjoying the wines from the Historic Vineyard Society's members, uh, and these are for all from vineyards with historic backgrounds. And we got Emily here from the Historic Vineyard Society yes, to hi, tell ladies. us all about what we're drinking and about the Historical Vineyard Society. Emily, welcome.
3: Thank you, ladies, so much for having me, and thank you for coming here to our event. It's really fantastic to get to have a ton of people come out and taste a nice portfolio of wines from California's oldest vineyards. They
0: are. Fantastic.
3: And we have a really fun sampling here tonight. What I just poured for you ladies is Joel Peterson's Once in Future Oakley Road Mataro. So this is actually a vineyard that is not on the website yet. I'm really excited to get it <laughs> added very soon. Um, but it's just one of those examples of what we're doing with Historic Vineyard Society, which is finding these vineyards that aren't collected on a database yet and Mm -hmm. getting them onto our website so that we can spread the word about it. Well,
0: you're all volunteers, so it it takes a certain amount of time. And a lot of people are still busy dealing with fermentations and, you know, just coming out of harvest. So So you're excused from not having it on the website. So so if (laughs) there's
2: a listener out there that, you know, maybe farms or owns a historic vineyard, What are the criteria to be included in the Historic
3: Vineyard Society? Absolutely, great question. So we require that the vineyard is at least fifty years old, and that at least fifty percent of the original plantings are still there. So a lot of times a vineyard may be quote unquote historic because it was first planted in the late eighteen hundreds, but if it's been fully replanted, it would not qualify. There also still needs to be wine being made from those historic vines. So. So, um,
0: Go ahead, please.
2: Oh, I was just going to say a visual for listeners out there. If you've driven by any historic vineyards, you'll notice that the rootstock is very, very thick and, yes. gnarly. and gnarly. Just like trees. Their yeah. trunks get yes.
0: fatter every single year, but not at the same speed at which real tree trees get thick but you know and and
2: some of them were planted before the trellising system so they almost look they're all head
0: trained yes
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: there's a variety so locally in sonoma there's an interesting dichotomy when you go around cherry block a lot of us have that Mm -hmm. as like a walking routine you know to go around the mile (laughs) cherry block and um on one side on the inner block Um, All of them are relatively low, medium to medium low. Some of them are very head trained and and, and a lot of historic vineyards. We're going to hear more about the Bedrock Vineyard later. They're really, really low to the ground and all head trained. And then on one side of Cherry Block, on the other, they're six feet tall before the cartons go (laughs) up. <laughs> so it's kind of funny the way the, the farming styles change over the decades. Absolutely. So, Emily, what can you tell us about Oakley Road, the new one that's not yet on the website? It's from Contra Costa.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I'd love to send Joel Peterson over here to tell you Ah, he's more. the one. Okay, that's but good. he, so this is his Once in Future Oakley Road Mataro. Um, and one thing that's really interesting about this wine is that it is planted in um, about 20 to 30 feet of sand. Oh wow! Um, and so in Contra Costa County, um, there's an area near Oakley Road that is completely sandy. It's honestly like walking through a beach. Wow! Um, so I believe these vines are own rooted as well, um, because the Phylloxera uh, louse can't survive in, sand. in the sand. Yeah. So not only do these gorgeous gnarled head trained vines planted in 1900s 1910s, um, and Joel will be able to confirm the exact date, <laughs> um, but that they're but they're own rooted as well. Wow, very unique.
0: Well, this is a really beautiful, rich red wine. Mataro, for those who don't know, Mataro is also known in other countries under Movedre. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, Monstral is another name that it goes by. You pick a a country and a language, and it's the same um, variety under a different name. So Mataro is Spanish, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, And this is a deep garnet color. Yeah, um, beautiful really wine.
1: Pretty. It's very pretty. I have a winemaker lots friend who would always, who lots would always say... Lots of black
0: fruit and cherry <laughs> in this as well.
1: I have a winemaker friend who would always say, Mataro tomorrow. Mataro <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that great. Well, and uh, for any listeners who may not know, Once in Future or the name Joel Peterson, Joel, of course, was the founder and winemaker at Ravenswood That's Winery, great. and he's gone on to... His second chapter, or maybe, I don't know, maybe he even considers it a third chapter because Ravenswood was a second chapter to his pharmacy. No, he was Wait.
3: actually a, a cancer Chemist. immunologist. There in you San go, Francisco. I couldn't remember mm-hmm. it.
0: He was a like, he was a chemist. That's yes, what exactly, I remembered. I couldn't exactly. remember doing one. And so
3: he would come on weekends, sort for Joseph, just um, yes. Joe Swan, and um, mm-hmm. that's how he got into the industry in the 70s, that's before right. he started Ravenswood. So he is a man of many, many stories, and mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure. Exactly. Of, um, well, we hope we,
0: he'll get a break from pouring yeah. for guests, although we know it may not happen. Um, to tell us a little bit about, about the Oakley Road Mataro, which is absolutely de- delicious. Emily, any idea, I'm going to put you on the spot again, how many cases there was of this wine? I don't know, but okay. it's not a lot. All Joel's right.
3: production is very, very small for once in future. In fact, he makes the wines at Bedrock um, where his son Morgan, his right. son Morgan's winery. And I've personally taken photos of Joel doing his own tank digouts mm. um, and doing his own sampling, basically being on top of a tank. Um, and, you know, we wow. celebrated his 70th birthday party a couple of years ago. Like, that man is nonstop and yeah. such an inspiration uh, yeah, to all of us. So. That's
0: absolutely true. And we should probably just say, historic vineyards overall um, are kind of maxed out you know they're, they're just like people it's a lot harder to get a lot of wine out of they're not in their 20s and 30s anymore at you know peak physical condition ready to run a marathon But they're producing the finest quality grapes in their maturity. And
3: something we've seen, too, is that kind of being able to hone in the farming techniques can be very, very important and have great yield results. Um, Still, we're not talking about a significant ton per acre yield for these old vineyards. But um, like you said, what we have is fantastic quality um, and with the right farming techniques. um, You know, we've seen something we do at Bedrock, too, is really... um, rehabilitating and revitalizing old vineyards through pruning techniques and cover crop, um, Mm -hmm. you know, different different sustainable techniques. Nice. And
1: I wanted, from what I know of Morgan and what has happened at Bedrock, part of the mission is to preserve and save these vineyards because a lot of the next generation of wine growers are, they want to pull it out to increase production and make more money. So can
3: you comment on that? You know, it's a it's an economic challenge because if because vineyard, you know, the grower industry for vineyards is um, one that is very difficult to make money. Right. So when you have um, a historic vineyard that's gonna have, you know, one ton per acre versus if you rip it out and replant it with something like Cabernet maybe isn't what the region is supposed to yield based on climate and everything, but you can make a bunch more money, especially if you're ripping out the vines and replanting them every 20 years. Um, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing. So our mission is really to get the message out about how important these historical treasures are. These vineyards that have been around for so much longer than any of us survived two world wars and however much change in the landscape. And, and what resources do you make available to your members? You know, the most important thing is a couple of things, having the vineyard registry online and then having events where we can show people how amazing the wines are. So we have a huge diversity right. of wines that we're showing tonight. But there's kind of a through line that, um, that you can see through all the wines, which is that the old vineyards, the historic vineyards, produce fantastic, fantastic They wines.
0: sure do. And um, to, to jump on the end of Misty's comment there, one thing, listeners, that you can do if you want to learn about some of these vineyards, you can go to the website, and each vineyard has a little story page. So if you want to you know, get a little bit more background... You can do that there. And Emily... What's the website address? That
3: is historicvineyardsociety.org.
0: Perfect. And I
3: I
1: noticed when the vineyards are listed, they're each listed with the era, you know, the decade in which Mm -hmm. they hail, which is really kind of cool, I guess. And, of course, the AVA, the
0: American Viticultural Area. You can sort by region and see how Mm -hmm. many we
3: have. Um, You can take a look. We are continually updating this database with vineyards that are coming online. You know, we have a couple wines that people are pouring tonight from vineyards that were planted in the late 19th. 1960s, which, as crazy as it feels, <laughs> that's 50 years ago. It yeah. is yeah.
0: amazing. Make us feel old. <laughs> and, and, and
2: geographically, is it limited to California, or there? Our current
3: registry is California only. yeah.
0: We'll see. Right. We'll see if they decide to take it any. further. It's quite an undertaking yeah. to it's do all that It's a huge undertaking. Big thing. Well, Emily, thank you so much yeah, for sharing the ones so in one future right Matara right with Cheers. us. Right it's right delicious and yeah. wonderful. Yeah. We really appreciate it. All right, I all can't right, talk folks. With my mouth full. I know we are we are back, and uh, cause, because because okay, there's a, a walk around tasting, and it's a little complicated with about three million people jammed into. Um, Sonoma's best, well, that would like exceed fire code. But anyway, uh, we have Joel Peterson here. Joel, welcome.
6: Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here.
0: We're thrilled to have you on the show, and we're thrilled to be celebrating the Historic Vineyard Society. So there's a little claim for that with your wine.
6: Cheers to that. I mean, like...
0: So we are enjoying right now Joel's once and future 2017 Zinfandel from Bedrock Vineyard in Sonoma Valley, one of the most historic, if not... Well, I'm going to let you tell the story, but I was going to say, was the Bedrock Vineyard the first certified vineyard in the Historic Society?
6: I believe it was, um, and that was because Morgan, Morgan took was one it of underway. the founders of you know, the Historic Vineyard Society, and I was kind of one of the founding advisors. I decided that... I wanted to sort of stay out of the depths of it because I wanted Morgan to do it and so but
1: yeah,
4: but,
6: I did what I could do to help yes. and make it happen.
1: Yes. Well, Morgan's done some great things with the bedrock brand and the vineyard and everything which is so. really yeah, no, he's, exciting and uh, in, preser- in preserving some of these vineyards. I,
6: I couldn't be prouder of him. He's quite he's quite amazing, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't expect him to be in the wine business, but he got into in wine Bino Bambino b- kept going. Yeah, he know, knew, He did it in spades. He's an MW, and like That's he knows right. wine really, really well, yeah. and uh, and he makes really delicious wine. He does. Yeah. Well, he's I,
1: worked hard. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not like it just happens. So. No, no,
0: and I remember when he was working on his MW like seven, eight years ago, talking with him, and I was like, "Why do you want to put yourself through it?" And he's like i want to know this stuff he was very enthused which and, was great and he has known it and he's
6: gotten yeah. to know people all over the world in the wine business and i mean he's he's special uh from for the california Definitely. wine business and yeah and i'm delighted to be his father
0: Woohoo! well let's talk a little bit about the history here for uh, our listeners general william tecumseh sherman is the name that most people go Wait a minute, is this guy from the Civil War? Well, guess what? He had an interesting history here in Sonoma County as well in Sonoma Valley. Take it away, Joel. Tell the story.
6: Yeah, no, uh, in fact, the first owner of this vineyard was a guy named uh, General Joseph Hooker. And General Joseph Hooker borrowed money to buy this vineyard from uh, the, the... piano teacher of Vallejo's children, interestingly enough,
7: (laughs) Uh, and he borrowed it from
6: William Tecumseh Sherman's bank. He was a banker at that time. He'd come to California in the military, and then Mm -hmm. during the uh, gold rush, he switched to banking. So, Hooker didn't pay Sherman back uh, Uh and left for the Civil War, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, Hooker got put under Sherman when he was... Yeah, walking through the the Georgia. Yes, uh, and uh, he got all the dirty jobs.
0: Yeah, yeah. payback time. He did. He did. That's Um, that's quite true.
6: Wow. But this uh, vineyard was transferred uh, to um, through several people. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of these people uh, was the ambassador to the Far East. We found his. Diary, and he was here during the time of Phylloxera, so everything was dying on him. Ugh, uh, what an unfortunate circumstance
0: yeah. to have happen. And the last his tenure,
6: the last entry in his diary is, "Hallelujah, I've sold the vineyard to Senator Hearst. I'm <laughs> buying my wife the diamond <laughs> ring she deserves. Moving east, I'm getting out of town. I can't stand this anymore."
0: Aww. Oh my goodness! And that was like around 1888, wasn't it? Uh, that was or around something?
6: 1888, and uh, actually, actually, 1887, and uh, okay. and. And Hearst replanted this vineyard. Hurst was very well connected with UC. Uh, he was friends with Charles Wetmore and, uh, and a guy named Hillebrand, uh, who was very responsible for what we would think of as being Davis now, but there was no Davis, and it was part of the agricultural department. And he was one of the first to be uh, involved in rootstock. And so this is one of the first vineyards put on rootstock in California, the other one of the same similar age... There are three s- similar age vineyards in Sonoma mm-hmm. Valley. Sonoma uh, Valley was the first place to get phylloxera, so it was the first place to replant. So Old Hill Ranch, probably around 1885, 1886, 1887. Uh, Bedrock, 1888. Uh, and Monteroso in that same period of time. Right. So there's that triad of really right. great vineyards, and probably uh, Pagani as well. Right. Uh, and they're
0: all relatively close together f- physically, so you can imagine spores and things flying around obviously you know carried this around
6: yeah there was there was there was certainly uh, uh, spores of knowledge going back and forth <laughs> they,
0: they talked to each other a lot yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah uh, obviously had to back then so so let's t- talk a little bit about this wine from this vineyard from the Bedrock vineyard right now zinfandel your signature wine through yeah. and through and for and listeners it's amazing. out there, if this, you don't know Joel
2: is, Peterson, I mean, we might want to hear a little bit about his many, uh, many yeah. positions and sort of how he came to be such we, an icon we in We did a hint when you were not industry. here uh,
0: of, of your background a little bit <laughs> a, a little, bit. little bit about Ravenswood. Yeah, and, that, small and, and, uh, winery, uh, yeah. that small little winery. That small little winery, and now now you're on to Once in Future, and the website is onceandfuture.com.
6: Onceinfuturewine.com.
0: Okay, onceinfuturewine.com, folks.
6: Um, so yeah so I started Ravenswood and when I started Ravenswood I had hair as long as yours and you know I was a kind of a wild eyed hippie (laughs) that wasn't really a hippie because I was doing medical research in San Francisco but it was really a back to the land project and you know I learned my winemaking from Joseph Swan I helped him build it I made my first wine in 1976 with him I was going to be a tiny little winery I was going to make you know maybe two or three thousand cases and you know few years later I was a million cases and it was right. more than a few years yeah. Uh, yeah. but but it's it been was a journey but it but it was a it was like it was it was crazy i got to travel all over the world i ended up being a senior vp in constellation wines and so i saw kind of every aspect that you could see of the wine business it was fascinating but it was not in the end when i turned like 68 i said do you really want to run a million case winery for the rest of your life and the answer was <laughs> no. What are you nuts? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but what I really wanted to do was go back and have the winery that I wanted to have—the one the the, where you time. got your hands dirty yeah. and your feet dirty—and like you just like did everything. Oh, so the rule is, I can only make as much wine as I physically can make myself. My wow! My wise guy son said, "Yeah, Pop, that means you're going to make less wine every year, huh?" <laughs> 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 Ooh, Ooh <ouch>. Morgan, <laughs> man. Uh, so I, uh, I make about 2,500 cases now. I do it the way Joe Swan and I did it. Uh, I've resurrected my old redwood fermenters that I retired oh, from me. Ravenswood in 2001. No, wow. So old redwood fermenters, punched down by hand, native yeast mm-hmm. fermentations. I'm using about 30% new French oak in this wine. Uh, and it stays in barrel from anywhere from 14 to 18 months, depending on how I'm feeling about the wine in particular. Uh, so it's a... It's a very simply made wine, no fining, no filtration, no fancy stuff. You know, I had my I had my share of fancy stuff at Ravenswood, yeah. But um, but it but it's meant to represent the vineyard. It's meant to give you that sense of the Agua Caliente Bench, uh, which has a lot of raspberries and a lot of spicy notes. But it also has a very distinctive tannin component. It so sure if you does. taste wine from you know, the this area, they all have this kind of Almost Italianate character to them. They're yeah. quite remarkable.
0: I think that I think that's a good descriptor yeah. of it and you can tell from that this is going to age a long time. I mean, you, you, you could buy a few cases of this. Well, if you can get a few cases of this. <laughs> and, you know, open a bottle a year for more than a decade to see how this evolves. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be quite beautiful.
6: I have a track record. Uh, you I'm, do? Yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I've been opening wines that I made in the 80s and uh-huh. 90s now uh, that are quite delicious. I brought a Magnum of 1999 Old Hill, which... It's gorgeous, except that it's corked. Oh, uh, wow. no, 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 how no, disappointing! Just, like, tragic, yeah. You know, but uh, yes. but the underlying wine, you can just see that it's great. And I'd had a I'd had a good bottle of this. About six months ago, okay. so I thought I'll bring it. But know, yeah, oh, unfortunately. And
0: how m- how much of this Zin under Once in Future from the Bedrock Ventior did you make in this vintage? Uh, is tiny. this like five hundred cases or, or something? I think or? this one was
6: three seventy five. Oh, there you
0: go. All right. Yeah. Wow. I was in the general yeah. three digit ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a, how, how which means our, it could be big, how but how can but our
1: <laughs> listeners find your wines? Is it direct can, on on the website or uh, well they, you, you
6: can, can. yeah, the yeah. cinema's yeah. best always carries some. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, and I do really essentially one release a year to my website, we sell about 45% of the line on that release, Um, so sign up at Bedrock Wine? No, be bedrock. Sign up at Bedrock Wine, too. Sign up at onceinfuturewine.com. We know how much you're supporting Deep Morgan, out. so we get that. <laughs> yeah. In Keep your it all the family,
0: right? Yeah,
6: no, he's, he's he's well worth supporting. You know, there you go. What Absolutely.
0: Best investment wine, I ever <laughs> <laughs> made. So another little clink, ladies. <laughs> it's a beautiful wine. Joel Peterson, yeah. thank you thank so much Joel. for sitting fantastic. with us for a little bit of time and telling us about this fantastic wine. We had your Mataro right before this. That was also great. Matter of fact, is there anything else you want to tell us about the Mataro, about how you stumbled across the uh, Oakley
6: Road The Her Oakley Road vineyard? vineyard is quite remarkable. Well, it turns out that I got there through the generosity of Tegan Pasolacqua, oh, wow. uh, who uh, makes uh, some of this Mataro for his Sandlands label. Uh, you may know that he's the winemaker mm-hmm. at Turley, yep. and uh, his contract says he can't make Zinfandel, but he can do anything else. So he has his own label, Sandlands and uh so he called me up and he said i've got this great mataro vineyard in oakley and maybe you'd like to share it with me and i said are you kidding let me come let me look at it like uh, (laughs) yeah and it's just like amazing sandy soil these vines were planted in the late 1800s they're on their own roots and they make these incredibly gracious beautiful wines with very fine tannins and this very pretty fruit and 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 i just opened a bottle of the 2014 i made and it's evolved in a way that's like really amazing it's gotten smoky and kind of meaty it's really delicious
0: right Joel why is it important to save these historic vineyards and keep producing from them people go oh, they're not producing enough to make them economically viable what do you want to say about you know the historic society and why this is so important to you and Morgan and the other vintners and everybody else who's
6: in it i mean it's a it's a joint project of a lot of folks and and the reason that these vineyards are worth saving is one because they go back father to the founding of california they represent a certain authenticity of california Mm -hmm. that you kind of lose in the current plantings whether it's a current rage for pinot noir or current rage for cabernet no matter how well you do, you know, those wines, you're still going to make an imitation of something else. Uh, and these wines are really authentically California. They are. They were planted and dry farmed and they have a special character. And if you want the absolute sense of place and the character that uh, that comes from that place, old vines are the way to get it because they have deep roots. They've been yeah, sort of in that place for a long time, and they respond to that place in a very metered way, uh, and they make delicious wines. If you like they delicious sure wines, yeah, you know, that's it's a great that's way to a go. Not a ba- not a bad place to start. Thank yes. you, yeah,
0: Joel you know. Peterson. Once and future wine. Thank you so much for talking with us. Go ahead and go go back and pour some more for folks. I know that's the exciting part, it connecting with the audience and the tasters.
6: Yeah, dan- dancing with everybody out there who likes wine is a true.
0: Pleasure yeah. and treasure. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. is. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you. So Alright, folks. We've got, a n- we've got a new wine for you. We're still in the same location. We're still here at Sonoma's Best uh, enjoying the Historic Vineyard Society's fantastic wines and we got another historic vineyard and historic wine, frankly, for you from Nall Winery. This is with us. Andrew Nall is here with us. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you for having me. It's, it's really a packed, here. exciting place right. here.
4: We're going to do cheers. a little cheers. cheers. It's packed <laughs>
1: here. And thanks for bringing this wine.
0: It's so a Beautiful, beautiful wine. Just opened it for us, which is great, and uh, more for the guests here who are circulating around. You probably can hear. There's a lively crowd here sampling all of the w- beautiful wines from the historic vineyard, of which the the wine that we've got now is perfect. From this, this is from the Hederlong Nal Ranch around Healdsburg. So, Andrew, tell us a story and tell us about the wine.
4: This goes way back to the early 1900s, and the Henderlongs purchased the property there in Dry Creek, about two and a half miles from Healdsburg, before the general store, Mm -hmm. and started planning. First, they built their house, my great great grandparents, which I'm living in currently with my kids, and naming our kids after my great grandparents and um, giving them the middle names of Henderlongs. The Ots, the the Ots of the (laughs) 1900s. Right, so the Henderlong side is um, we call it Henderlong Ranch because that's my mo- that's the name of the vineyard, and the ranch because they also had uh, pears and apples and uh, prunes. Call it back there plums and animals, and so it was always a ranch to us, and the Henderlongs tended to that when we were still on it, and we had persimmons and citrus. We got
0: through prohibition. We got through prohibition, and, much through
4: much prohibition and uh, it was really awesome. And so that's on my mom's side, and then my dad. Uh, fell in love with winemaking and uh because of a trip to italy because of his dad being in world war ii and they they went back there right before college and he just fell in love with the italian wine style and then we'd come up to petter and Celli between on college breaks and that was in dry creek and he just loved dry creek since the, he ever set foot in there and then fell in love with my mom actually the dog the dogs my dad's name is doug but we call him duke or Do- <laughs> I mean, my dad just almost said dog doug like it sounds kind of Anyway, their dogs ran into each other at Hillsburg High School, where we all went. But then my parents fell in love, and then the rest is history, as they say. So yeah. that's why we combined the Henderlong Knoll And then we're making wine still. So uh, we were wine. mostly farmers. I know it's a lot of people say that, but we were really ranchers, farmers from the beginning. And then my dad did go to UC Davis, and um, we just been stepping it up. And then I've been learning on the job my whole life. So... We just hope to continue it's and we soaking in for you. Yeah, hopefully that was enough, or maybe it was too fast, or yeah. maybe there was not enough. But
0: well, let's well, let's do let's yeah. do some of the logistics here. <laughs> yeah. So they want to find Nal Winery, Nal Wines. What's the web address?
4: Nalwinery.com. All right, there's all in, one word. And I bet you and you have like
0: and Facebook N- and Instagram. Can I have and stuff?
2: Like this visual picture of a huge ranch so what does the ranch look like can people come <laughs> visit this ranch Is i it a know vineyard? we're gonna do
4: some we're gonna do some glamping up in the hills where you can pitch your tent and then <laughs> you're gonna not yet but we actually have some wooded area and then we have we grow some cabernet that we sell to other um, wineries which we also make some ourselves. and then we have Zin and sauvignon blanc we call it the flat goes down to dry creek so it's a long nice. narrow swath of a 27 acres and 20 acres of grapes it's pretty idyllic and uh, we always, everybody wants to have access to the creek so it's a uh, and we've got a barn there and we've got an above ground cave nice. um, where we ferment and make the wines and it has uh, 300 rosemary plants on top so if you drive by you'll see a, a, bo- a rosemary covered bunker then you're probably in the right place
2: Wow great, so <laughs> is it open to the public or is it by appointment only? Oh yeah,
4: finally we're coming out of our our cave and our shell <laughs> of our squirrel shell because we also have a wine club called the Squirrel uh, Squirrel Club and um, <laughs> that's how we keep going. The squirrels keep us going because uh, it's a long... Uh, well, the story <laughs> is... The short story that in a nutshell is that the uh, there's a family crest with squirrels on it because my dad wanted wine to be fun because wine is fun but just... Yeah glorified as more f- more fun like beer maybe and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. more fun beer more, more fun more yeah. fun okay. Less yeah. talk yeah, yeah. M- more mumbling and more drinking and so well. anyway no so uh we're open on saturdays and sundays okay uh, up until and the I, winter I, and yeah i
2: love the nut puns that was really yeah. fun <laughs> yeah it was yeah. great
4: so and i
0: want to know this st- i want to know the story of the okay. shirt with <laughs> the yeah. bees so we <laughs> actually these
4: are f- i know it looks like the nice bees off the rosemary roof these are fruit flies, and uh, for 25 years, <laughs> up into 35 Those are very years, big we've had fruit flies. Bob Johnson's a local artist. He's, oh, check out I his studio in Hillsburg on the east side of the square, but he, he did all the artwork for us. My dad would come up with the puns, and we just have, you know, eat some burritos and come up with puns, and he'd draw, draw shirts, cool. and uh, so we try to keep... I think the Zen puns alive before they were the nostalgic Fun. Zen puns. Um, yeah. And really then nice. we've also got shirts that you can buy on the weekends. And Excellent. <laughs> so great and way and to go. then
2: the shirt actually says four out of five fruit flies <laughs> yeah. survive. Sur- surveyed. surveyed. Prefer.
0: Prefer an all Galli Zinfandel. Of,
4: yes. course yes. of course they They're do. Of course they do. They're really hanging around there a lot. So <laughs> they, they get a sample of <laughs> it a lot and so. they figure out what they like.
1: Andrew I wanted to ask you you mentioned yeah. the website again it's Null Wines or Null uh,
4: Null Winery so it's N-A-L-L-E
1: yeah, winery, yeah, winery. dot com correct I just make yeah sure the E is silent but silent
4: it's e. N in we would say November or Nancy or some uh, any Nail, kind of N but, no. but not a K-N and nice. not a O or a nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so, so yeah
1: tell, tell. give us your comments about this wine yeah that's wine, great
0: Sam what do you yeah. have to say yeah. about
4: uh, it yeah so we really think yeah, to go back to nostalgic, or uh, I, I'm trying to make the, we say old-fashioned. My dad says that to me sometimes, that Zinfandel, that whatever that is, but it maybe back, back when they didn't have as much technology as we do, technology is great, but I uh, just try not to pick the Zin and any kind of wine at super high bricks, so I get a more moderate bricks level. The yeasts are happier, and they ferment to dryness, so I get a really dry finish, um, no sugar no RS at all um, nice balance with the brightness of the city but then the sweetness of the fruit that I'm able to capture and then I always use French oak with the Zan so it's sometimes that's unique because it's just been the style that my dad started and we just think the French oak elevates some of that the sweetness and the fruit to balance the dryness of the wine mm-hmm. and so it's a really um, premium it is. smooth flavor that mm-hmm. we're I mean, I'm really trying to pull out all the stops to elevate and and um, and smooth out, or for you as the wine drinker, so you don't have to do anything. It's not like you, sometimes you drink wine and you're like, "Oh, I can make this," or it's like homemade. I want to make, but like we have some techniques that we've perfected over the years, just with racking and and some fining and, and, and polishing it. And, I mean, it's polishing. It's a very it is like, elegant Zinfandel,
0: yeah. and it's and it's very much TPC. to Dry Creek Valley to me. Um, which is filled with really world-class Zinfandels to yeah.
1: me. Little Valley. And it's one of the lesser-known regions, I think, mm-hmm. so it's really worth exploring. It's so beautiful It's there. gorgeous. Yeah, it's very yeah. rural.
0: It's and how nice. much of... How, what's your production of this? The, the production
4: we, of this is about a 180 yeah. cases, yeah. give or, is or take. This uh, so, Yeah. And overall, the winery, give or take, it's about 1,000 cases, right. plus or minus a couple hundred. So right depending on the year because I'm really just buying from these not buying or um, making and per- mm-hmm. um, selecting fruit sometimes I, I mean uh, unfortunately we do have to buy the grapes even if right. it's like this is the business or where we but um, I'm selecting these acreage that uh, it's just whatever I get off that acreage say like right. 1.3 acres or so many vines and every year nature throws so many uh, give or take so much and they're old or, they're old, old vines, vines so sometimes so you'll get like in 11 we got barely anything or 12 we had a bunch and then 17 there wasn't that much and um it's just you just kind of you're always adjusting and there's never one vintage that's right. the same and that's really actually the fun it's almost like chess or tetris you're just trying to plug in different spots each year yeah. and you get that really great satisfaction when the you, you get a wine like this like you get to really sit back and just relax with it and yeah, say,
0: so this <laughs> is this is magnificent. It's yeah. really terrific. Thank you for terrific. sharing this. is yeah. really
2: nice. Yeah, such a limited um, production as well. It's so nice to yeah. experience. Because, I mean, these vineyards are already, the, the production is so low yield, so it's yeah. so much more special. And then when you come up with 175 cases, that's pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to I wanna tell our listeners who might be further afield that this is the perfect time to think of hashtag gather in Sonoma. That's the current... Yes push uh, to come mm. out and visit and come visit nal winery uh on the weekend saturday and sunday when they're open i mean yep. you're really gonna get a highly personalized tasting experience of some really world-class Pendel among other wines. So andrew thank you so much for sharing this with thank us you.
8: it was a it's great fantastic. pleasure
4: really Ooh. fun meeting you and talking to you and letting me spread the word so thank Thank you you.
0: (laughs) thanks everybody (laughs) terrific stuff all right, all We're moving on to the next glass, the next vineyard, and the next guest. We got Chris Sawyer with us. Hello, sommelier to the stars in the house.
8: In the house. <laughs> See, Chris. Thank you for being here. You yeah. got it. No, it's I a appreciate pleas- it. pleasure. Appreciate it. Little yes. Hey, you know what? Yes. I love old vines, and um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be anywhere else right now. I mean, I, I I appreciate these old vines. I have so many stories about this. I grew up in Russian River Valley. Um, and then you know before I moved back to Petaluma and stuff but I mean my, my young childhood we used to hide underneath these the leaves of these vines <laughs> until someone yelled snake because uh, we one <laughs> could find anyone yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so I'm just saying, these vines have outlived human beings.
0: Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. Well, that not that something to be able to say that? Which is one of the reasons why the historic vineyard society wants to catalog them, certify them, save them, keep farming them when it's reasonable economically and so yeah. on and so forth. Because there, there hasn't been anything in, in all the wines we've tasted this evening that haven't been stellar. Great, stellar Definitely. wines. And what we've got in front of wine. us yeah. right now Solid wine. Carol Shelton's 2017 Zinfidel from Munga Vineyard in the Cucamonga Valley. Now, yeah. Cucamonga is a long so, way so away l- from l- here. let's just talk, talk about, about this. this real quick. Yeah, so Thank this you is um, <laughs>
8: uh, Carol Shelton's one of my great friends, and I really respect her as a winemaker and a good friend and a drinking partner and um, actually a fellow judge. Fellow you know, judge
0: and as, Queen of Zin.
8: Queen of Zin, you betcha. Uh, but this is in, like, for all of those of you that have flown into Ontario Airport down in the L.A. area, <laughs> this is right there where all those um, kind of freeways kind of cross each other. There mm-hmm. is a vineyard in between those freeways. Insane. And, and this old farmer did not want to sell it, and these vines still remain. Uh, so they don't get great sun exposure all, all day long because the freeways are in the way, but they are very old vineyards and... To be really honest, I mean, I was just doing something up in the Sierra foothills with wine, and uh, it, it's really interesting because L.A., back in the 1880s, 1860s, 1880s, was still the the number one place where grapes were grown. Yeah. Um, and we don't think about it's, it because well, it's, it's all sunshine under... sunshine area. Yeah, but it's also underneath um, a lot of um, houses and uh, a concrete buildings um, yes. Now, unfortunately yes
0: and this is d- a very different zinfandel from the others that we have had so far it's bigger body it's a bigger body it's a lot more red fruit very forward juicy to me. kind yeah. of like it yeah. makes
1: it makes your your you know your whole palate just scream for more it makes you thirsty right. almost you know
0: yes yeah. yeah. a, a strong I and i think uh you know more acidity to it yeah. Um, no, I think it's naturally
8: that way. I mean, I, I think that the great thing about old vines for me uh, is just how wonderful they are. Um, they, they have withstood. I mean, we talk, oh, God, uh, climate change, everything. Uh, you know, <laughs> guess what they've gone through? You know, they're yeah. old. <laughs> you know, like they have been beaten by Mother Nature often. And so it's like, you know, look at these vines, respect those vines. And that's the one thing, you know, and I think that a lot of this society thing too is, you know, hey, Napa Valley used to be like this. Um, they pulled them out for a bunch of cab, and and it's good for people, but it's not the best grape in some of those areas. And that's as true. we see, you know, actually the the Palisades um, Petit Sirah that Joel had mm-hmm. a little while ago was is a killer. But that's those old vines out there. And you you look at you you want to know my favorite place for Petit Sirah of them all? Sure, Saint Helena. There you you yeah. betcha! Mm. I mean, I love Saint Helena for petit Syrah. It's the best. I walk into the Saint Helena Tasty. I'm not there for the cab. <laughs> I'm gonna go for the petit, yeah. petit Syrah first because that's the best. Yeah. Well, welcome awesome. we say?
0: <laughs> Historic Vineyards. Survival of the fittest. You know, they yeah. s- they've survived because the microclimates that they're in, wherever that is. They've really done well. I'm, I'm so impressed that the vineyard owner down there in Cucamonga Valley, yeah. sandwiched between all those freeways, as yeah. you mentioned, Chris, has actually gone to the trouble of saying, oh, I'm going to get my vineyard certified and going to participate in the yeah. historic vineyard society. Uh, to show off, you know, there's a lot of value here in some of these older places. How how much of this is there? Well, there, there, manga?
8: Yeah, and the the thing is that you could pull this out so easily. I mean, that's the, the thing. But here here's the deal uh, with with these kinds of grapes. is uh, midlife crisis is a good thing. And a lot of people don't think about it that way, but they start tasting like their own identity after that point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that maybe that's a lesson to everyone out there. Maybe you start tasting like yourself, but I don't know <laughs> where <laughs> am I going with this one. But that's not the point. It's about the vines and really how they really do. When they're young, they're great. Mm-hmm. When they're kind of middle-aged, they okay. Uh, when they hit that stride about 50 years old is when they really get down and dirty. I mean, they're, they're picking stuff out there like from underneath the ground, and it's crazy. I mean, the subsoils, I mean, we look at Burgundy and we look at these places. We This is a comparative with Burgundy. I mean, how old are your yeah. vines? Yeah. You know, and the problem with Cabernet is that you pull it out at 50. Now, this is about when Zinfandel gets good is at 50. So, you know... Yep. That's why you're looking at things that are so unique. I will say one thing, too. Going over to Europe many times um, and, and hanging out with winemakers, one of the biggest questions I get asked, did you bring me any Zinfandel from California? <laughs> really. Oh, yeah, they That's don't have wine. what we do. And, no. and yeah. Uh, yeah. respect it. And Petit Syrah and these old vines like Carignan. And, and these other kinds they of They have variety. vine envy. They do. It's vine envy they do. We have some of the oldest um, uh, vineyards in the world right here. And a lot of That's people don't understand exciting. that. Yeah. It's
0: phenomenal.
2: This vineyard that we're trying from the Cucamonga Valley, it was planted in the 1910s. Yeah. Wow. And um, just looking at the pictures of this vineyard, it's pretty impressive. They're like pygmy bush vines yeah. that are about two feet tall. Yeah.
8: So bush vine sure. is an old, you know, you go to South Africa, you talk Bush vines. Yeah. Um, here, we don't, we kind of, we call them head pruned, dry farmed yeah. uh, because we didn't, remember, we didn't have irrigation back then either. Nope. That's nope. the other yeah. thing. That Irrigation didn't even come till the 60s, you guys. You know, yeah. like, how did these guys water these vines? It's called Mother Nature. And
2: because of this, Chris, those vines go down 30, I think oh, sometimes yeah. 50, 50 feet yeah. and more. Stress. Yeah. You can down.
8: find, probably here in this valley, right here where we're at, Sonoma Valley, best example of that is Cundy. And I'll tell you, you go down in Kundi and you go down in their their dining room in the cave, Mm -hmm. look at the wall. The wall has has roots that are coming down. They have glass walls there. Those are the roots from 150 feet above. Above, wow. and Isn't those that gnarly, and it's straight up rock. That those vines said, "Screw it, we're finding water. <laughs> we are finding water." Determination. Well, I
1: wanted to say, um, we didn't talk about this earlier when we were talking about you know the old fat, the, the way vines were farmed and how these old vineyards are, and and how. The production off these vineyards is very uncertain because of the age of the vines, but it's really worth it to get what you get, whatever you can get, depending on the year. But, you know, add in the fact that the labor and the harvesting has to be really, really hand-done, mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a lot that goes into these oh, the, wines. vines.
8: You know, I was up in uh, one of the older vineyards of, of the United States, and that's the 1869, which is Scott Harvey's vineyard up in, mm-hmm. in. It's kind of an interesting story because he, here's his ex-wife letting us in, like, how you guys doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we go over there and we check them out. These are gnarly old vines. They, they're just laying on the ground, but they're still producing fruit. And there's just reasons why you leave them in the ground. They just have an equity value, I guess, yeah. if we're going to be talking about that. Mm-hmm. But it, it really is true that they just have a value that you can't price it. You know, there's no way. Right. There's no way in our generation they will ever grow anything that old. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're sorry. historic treasures for yeah. sure. What a what a
0: great thing that they've gone ahead and started the certification program and and yeah, you know bringing attention. To you know, this. you
8: know. I think I was one of the first people that ever did a seminar with them, and it was at the Culinary Institute for. Um, Flavor Napa Valley, um, and that was um, I was super happy to get uh, you know Bob Bialy in there too, and I'm sorry sure. that he's not here, and you know that Bialli Vineyard uh, stuff that they're doing, they're they're very big parts of this too, and I want to acknowledge them because they're very important. You know I've done a lot of the Zinfandel, the Zap events in San, San Francisco and and at the Culinary Institute of America and Copia um, with them, as well as the Padissa ones, so. You know, I'm always honored when they ask me to do that with them. They know how much I love these vines, just like them. I get them. I get each one of those vines. I will tell you my scariest story, though. Sure. Okay. So there's an there's a there's a old vine vineyard. I don't know if it's part of this um, association that they should be. It's called the Ghost Block, and it's in it's in um, Lodi, and it's clinker brick. And the the thing was that um, I I asked the guy there. It's kind of an amphitheater thing, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that with. Like all these old gnarly vines being around you. So you're not just set, so you're looking down at them. They're right. kind of actually looking down at you. <laughs> and, and and from all at different angles. And um, I asked him some random question. He said, oh, you know what? I'll run back and get the information on that. And he left me there. And I got spooked. I mean, I really <laughs> did. I am really uh-huh. not kidding. I thought the praying man is uh, like kind of just like, just like this whole thing was just going to clamp down on me. They would all laugh. As they suck me underneath the earth with them, <laughs> and I think that if we actually could interview these vines, they would be very interesting to talk to about what they've oh, seen man. about humanity. Yeah.
0: Ma- oh, yeah. Makes me I think of all our television shows from our childhood, and then also um, enchanted Forest. Enchanted sure. Forest, things you know where the forest comes alive and there mm-hmm. I've branches in our arms. I've been thinking, I've been
1: thinking that though about throughout this show about if these vines could talk. You know what yes, have they seen? I what want them they? to. And like all, you know, and for example, like I think it was. Bishop is talking about all of these different owners of these vineyards and and the logs they were keeping and they were so relieved when they could sell it. I mean what if the vines could tell these stories? It yeah. would be pretty phenomenal. Yeah. No,
8: I mean
0: the people they've seen, the changes they've seen in the world. This
8: information yeah. that Joel has, I mean you guys were just I mean, he's really the god of Zinn. I mean there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. I mean you you were just talking about one of my superheroes and, and uh, you know you know growing up here and, and being doing this for thirty plus years for me. It's been amazing because Zinfandel's been my favorite, you know, like it's Pinot Zinfandel. I mean, people are like, oh, really? Why those two? I'm like, oh, because Zinfandel can outlive any one of us. And <laughs> Pinot's pretty damn good. So, I mean, you got two they are really right there. But it's also not just about Zinfandel. It's also about these blends that are going in here. What were these people thinking when they planted those white grape right. varieties that are going to be involved in that blend? And Joel probably talked to you about the old hill. I mean, Old Hill is one of the best test zones ever. And that's McPherson, um, who grew the grapes all the way from um, Sonoma Mountain all the way to the Mayakamas. Right. Amazing. And and it it stretched the whole thing. It was a test zone. And, and, I was like, two, we, isn't that like two miles or maybe it's yeah, a little less at than at least. That. Um, but <laughs> I mean, Straight there are across. still little strips of it on that side, on the other side. But when, when you go to Old Hill, I mean, those are gnarly old vines. And yeah. they are tagged per vine because they're all super mixed in there. Like, right. you know, they're called what well, we call uh, mixed, mixed blacks. blacks. Mixed mm-hmm. blacks, yeah. So right. very, very interesting, interesting stuff. Right. Yeah. Cool. And I
0: know that they've been with the mixed blacks between Old Hill and several other places, you know, Bucklands and all that. They a lot of the time, you know, they're taking clippings, they're sending it off to UC Davis for DNA yeah. sampling. Of going, what is this? Yeah, that's a <laughs> cur- that's a yeah. Carol Curl- Curl- yeah. Meredith thing. It sure she, is. She's, she's, it's Carol she's, she's one of
8: my favorite teachers ever. Uh, when yeah. I went to UC she's Davis, a funny, and, funny lady. Oh, well, I love her. So. She's she's my yeah. great buddy. Um, she's great. I I love saying that my my professor is a great buddy yeah. of mine. That's awesome. And it's fun to
2: try the different types of characteristics uh, of Zinfandel. Like, I don't know what you're picking up from this one, but it is so different from yeah. some of the Zinfandels yes. that we try oh, from yeah. dry. Well, ground. yeah,
8: I mean, the the manga is, and it always has been this way. It's been big, full-bodied, but yes. it's red fruits. Like So you're like, oh, that That's doesn't very make red any true. sense. No, it's but know, But, but yeah, the thing is, when you look at it out there, it's kind of like, I don't know if I would live in that zone <laughs> you know? right. because it's kind of like flatland. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's kind of like if we were to go to Napa and we'd go, where, where does the Sauvignon Blanc grow? Uh, where's the river? <laughs> you know, like, What's the <laughs> deepest soils you've got here? And right. that is exactly where it does grow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're where we what we do here, I think Russian River Valley is a very interesting yeah. one. Sonoma Valley and Russian River Valley are probably two of the most interesting ones in the okay. world. Uh, and we've also got dry creek here, so we've got, like, a lot of bragging rights here in Sonoma County. But the fact is that um, Russian River Valley is a very interesting, interesting one because I grew up there. But think about the microclimates there. How can you grow Zinfandel so next to Pinot? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right, but they but, do. But, but there you can because there's these... It's, it's what you call fog dog. And it's actually, look it up in Oxford Dictionary. It's there. <laughs> no, actually, uh, Joseph um, Phelps actually named a wine f- fog dog. Fog and dog. this is how I found that out. It's because the dog will go out to the point where, and he will always sleep in the point where the fog will break first. And that's what the Italian uh, people that came. And that, that, mm. that whole area is all Little Italy right there. And so that that's kind of the whole thing about that area is the fog dog, and it really does break right there. And you will find these old gnarly vineyards like Jeff Stewart, um, mm-hmm. who just won uh, what was it number seven in the Wine Spectator a couple of years ago for for his yeah. Zinfandel is from one of those little um, parts right off of Wood know. Road. And yet you're growing world class Pinot, um, you know, one eighth of a mile away. What? Yeah. How can yeah. this happen? You know, so there are different drafts, there are different things, but you know, you got to give credit to these people because they were, a few things that we don't, that they didn't have, that there, that were their problems that they didn't have is, is grape varieties. I like they, there just wasn't that many, you know, like right. they weren't growing a bunch of Pinot here a long time ago. This was not here. And this was really the grape was Zinfandel. Petit Syrah came in second as yep. the, it came in the 1890s and it really kind of took over to fill in those wines. And both of them were tested as being hardy because we had no history here in California. I mean, we're a bunch of farmers back then, yep. and we don't know what we're doing, but give us some stuff that we'll produce. And these were the hardy ones that were tested in Massachusetts in these old greenhouses and things. They have a lot of heritage, and especially for the ZAP members that are out there that know this stuff. But, I mean, Zinfandel is so interesting. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind every time it's I taste the, it. it. It's
0: the U.S. variety. It is, it is, yeah. it is
8: our state uh, grape. There's yep. no doubt about that. Woo-hoo. And it is the variety of, of the, the West uh, the west Coast. There's yeah. no doubt. It, cool. There isn't anything else here. woo Yay. Cheers. Go team. Thank
0: you, Chris Thank Sawyer. Thank you, Chris. You got it. And listeners, you can find uh, more information about Chris at ChristopherSawyer.com.
8: <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> SawyerSawyer.com. That's right. Thank you. SawyerSawyer.com
0: start spacing it up. SawyerSlump.com. Chris Sawyer, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank, you. thank you guys. Thank yeah. you. Times, let's
8: go drink some more Zinfandel. Woo-hoo. Yes. We
0: will. We will. All right, we're back, and we have got Carlisle Wines with us, which is fantastic. Mike, welcome. It's thank great you. to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. So you've brought another historic vineyard to us, uh, in our glasses, so to speak. Right now, we've got the 2017 Two Acres Red. Russian River Valley from two acres, which is not a whole lot to be producing wine from, but of course it can be done. Mike, what do you want to tell our listeners about this wine?
7: Uh, Well, this is kind of one of the uh, uh, success stories, I think, of the Historic Vineyard Society. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a vineyard that I found in 1996. And at the time, you couldn't even really tell it was a vineyard. (laughs) It was completely (laughs) overgrown with poison oak, blackberry bushes. There were 40 trees growing in it and so knowing i wanted to own my own vineyard someday but not knowing how to take care of one i had the idea i'll ask the owners if i can renovate their vineyard for free so they brave th- man uh, yes they they you thought had- they thought i was pretty crazy but yeah. uh, but they agreed and uh, so, for you know, on my way out, this was late November that I met with the owners, and I mm-hmm. said, by the way, what kind of vines are they? And they said, oh, it's Old Vine zen And I was like, oh, great, I love Old Vine zen <laughs> But the next spring, as the vines are growing, I'm looking at them going, that's uh, that's in. This isn't Zen <laughs> uh, Well, thankfully you
1: knew that. Well, yeah, and
7: and this was a vineyard that got me very interested in ampelography, and it turned out the vineyard's about 75% Morvedra, 10% uh, Petit Syrah, uh, there's Syrah, there's Sand, there's Alicante Boucher, and there's Carignan. Yum. There, there wow. were indeed five Zinfandel vines, and there's nine. <laughs> yeah, so, so they weren't totally wrong. Good thing and, you
2: were a good good on your ampelography. Yes, yes. <laughs> and,
7: and there's nine whites of a variety called Helena. So the first couple of vintages, we only made three barrels of wine from this property. But after about seven or eight years of pouring my heart and soul into it, Uh, We now consistently get about 12 to 15 barrels of wine off it. Even though we're getting more fruit, the vines are ripening the fruit earlier because the vines are so much more healthy than what they were. uh, Well, they
0: were competing with so much uh, volunteer vegetation. They've been taken over. Well, here, a a little cheers to the resurrection of Two Acres Vineyard in the Russian River Valley. Um, that must. I, I was just imagining. You said that there was a lot of like poison oak, poison ivy. Oh, yeah. I imagine, imagine a lot of suiting up took place in order to remove. Only uh, only like, after
7: I discovered the poison oak. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was clearing the property in the winter when it didn't have any leaves. It's more just, dormant, yeah, yes. Yeah, and I, I didn't notice it. And then all of a oh. sudden, I was covered head to toe with poison oak. Oh, no. So, yeah, it, it no was fun. Bad. No, no. No fun. But, but I learned.
1: So... And, and Oh, go ahead. Lisa. No, I was gonna say, do you, did you, do you own this vineyard now? Is uh, that, no, we.
7: Could, I, I you have you said a light. You found
1: a, it, so I wasn't sure what that meant. Right, so. right.
7: It was just I was out riding my bike one weekend and and went down this private lane and thought, you know, what Stumbled a shame. Stumbled across. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a shame that this old vineyard was, you know, basically dying, and right. so I, I wanted to revive it. So yeah. you have
1: had the relationship with this video for more than 20
4: years. Uh, know, exactly, kind of, since
7: yeah. 1996, right. so 24 years. and And I basically have a lifetime lease on it because I have spent so much time and energy into resurrecting it yeah oh, and,
2: and was was winemaking um how did you come into winemaking was that always your career path or had you stumbled into that <laughs> as well
7: no I, I actually was a software developer and a, a mathematics major and uh, after being out of college for three years writing software i thought damn three years goes by really quickly if i'm not careful i'm going to be 60 doing this And <laughs> I, I, yeah because you
0: were in san francisco kind of in the in the heart of software development and all that. Yeah,
7: so I knew that software wasn't what I wanted to do all my life. I started as a home winemaker, ended up doing it for uh, 12 or 13 years, got it to about 300 cases a year in the garage. I was using vacation from work to do it and and my wife who's the one with the more common sense said, Look, we got a fish or cut bait here. And uh so nineteen ninety eight was our first commercial vintage. But I did keep my day job for six more years because we wanted to make sure the winery was gonna work. So it was a long hours, commuting four and a half hours a day yeah. by bus from Santa Rosa to San Francisco wow. and doing the wine on the side. So. Well, it's,
0: it's beautiful. Now, uh, let's make sure people know where they can find Carlisle Wines. The web address is? Carlislewinery.com. All right, easy one to find. And, and Can and
2: you spell Carlisle for us? Oh, ah, <laughs>
0: sure, yeah, because there are multiple
7: spellings. C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E winery.com. And, right. and
2: then the wines that you're, the grapes that you're specializing in and the wine types. So
7: our specialty is old vine vineyards. Uh, so that means a lot of Zinfandels. We do 12 different vineyard-designated old vine Zins, but we do old vine Morvedra, old vine
0: Petit Sirah, and we even do some pretty cool, funky old vine whites. Wow. wow. That's, That's fun. That's incredible. So what has the the historical vineyard society meant for you in terms of... was I imagine that, you know, it's it's relatively new. It's only 10 years old. Right. So, before that, did you feel like kind of you were on your own in terms of resurrecting and maintaining historical vineyards?
7: Um you know,
0: to some degree, but I knew
7: there were other like-minded people. But it was in uh, 2006 uh, when I lost one of our prized old vine vineyards that was planted in 1906. A beautiful old vine zen vineyard called Barbieri Ranch had a treasure trove of mixed black varieties. And uh, it sold, and the new owners said, well, this is Russian River Valley. This is supposed to be Pinot Noir. Uh-huh. And so in a, in a day, they brought in a D9, and they ripped out 20 acres of historic vines. Oh, no. And, and it heartbreaking. Broke, broke my heart. Wow. It really did. I couldn't drive by that vineyard for four years. Uh, I just couldn't even look at it. I
0: think you're not the only one with that sensibility, which is a lot of the reason that the society was founded, was they really wanted to be- prevent catastrophes like ripping out really historic vines exactly. from, from happening
2: and i can see the passion for the old vines when you visit carlisle um you can go to their vineyard page and you can see the list of vineyards that you're yeah. sourcing fruit from right. i mean ranging some iconic names like you know the mancini vineyards mm-hmm. the palisades vineyards um, the the bedrock there's some great vineyards yeah. on, on that you're sourcing fruit
0: right
7: yeah right. so so it was in a, a meeting with uh, a good friend of mine Morgan Twain Peterson I was lamenting the fact that we needed an organization to protect these these vines and and uh, he agreed, and so that was the, uh, the start, basically. The impetus. Uh, the impetus oh, for the nice. Historic Vineyard Society. It's Very so cool.
1: cool to learn about this movement. Like, I'd heard about Morgan, I'd, I'd heard of a few different producers, but I didn't realize there was this groundswell and this organization that had kind yeah. of rallied together to right. really preserve these historic jewels. So thank you. Thank yeah, and, and you. And know. I
2: think it's more than just, you know, it's more than just preserving these historic entities, but it's all about quality. As well, mm-hmm. oh because my you goodness. taste these wines and just the quality and the fruit and the concentration, it's it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's
1: it's not about quantity, as we keep hearing over and over no. again. A lot of these are cool. very small lots. It's After like all, saying it this is, is only it is quantity.
0: two acres, and people don't really. So the background quality. was this this was originally 20 acres, and it started to be subdivided and sold off for housing development in the 70s. Yeah and the couple who bought this lot decided to keep it in yep. its at that point wild state. Yep. Before Mike you stumbled across them on your bicycle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad I did. Fantastic story and a great way to see that it was preserved and you know we kind of got lament, you know, the, what would have the rest of the 18 acres that were there originally have been like had they been saved and now we now we've got a housing development. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but we have this so cheers, cheers to you, Mike, thank for you. saving us and helping to found this organization, Great Wine. Wow, thank, thank you, you so much, Mike. Thank you. And again, CarlisleWinery.com. And, and did we
2: talk about right? the location? Where are you located at? Oh,
7: the oh yeah. W- the, the winery is on uh, at 6301 Star Road in Windsor, but okay. uh, the south end of Star Road. So kind of kind of just been between Windsor and Santa Rosa. All right.
0: Great fantastic stuff thank you so I much right. thank really you guys really appreciate it thank you and at long last closing closing out the evening we've got Todd Jolly hey, hey. Director for, uh, here at Sonoma's Best who's put together this entire evening of historical vineyards absolutely a little shout out to Emily as well Great yeah Emily was yeah. has been wonderful she sat down with us at the beginning so Todd thank you so much for hosting this You're a wonderful welcome. event for the Historical Vineyard Society and all the wonderful winemakers um, and owners who've been here to share their wines with us. You got something else for us to pour?
9: I do. So, this is the 2015 Petite Syrah from Once in Future. Uh, you yeah, had the 2017 from Palisades Vineyard tonight. Um, I figured we could try the 15 alongside of it mm-hmm. and uh, kind of try the difference. I actually didn't even bring a glass, so you're going to have to tell me about the wine. Okay. Well, um, we'll share. We you know Petite Syrah, one of the longest lasting. Wines in the bottle, um, yeah, I mean, it can be incredibly dense at a uh, at young age. So, even from 17 to 15, you should see this wine open up a little bit more. Um, but definitely, like deep, deep blueberry, getting that bramble, yeah. plum, um,
0: and some blackberry yeah. in black. here, definitely. Absolutely.
2: This is the here.
1: Yeah, this is a giant wine. It is.
0: Yeah, Calistoga is kind of underrated
9: for Petite Sirah. Uh, everybody thinks Calistoga. You know, Schramsberg or obviously Cabernet Sauvignon being in Napa, but, you know, it's the, kind of the epicenter of Petit Syrah in, in California, in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know. It's so true. I love that.
0: So here I pulled, the, I pulled the information off of their website, off the Palisades Vineyard, um, owned by Felicia Wojtok and Stephen Rasmussen. Um, it's located off of Palisades Road, directly below the high cliffs of the Palisades um, the narrow riparian canyon one mile north of Calistoga so um, Joel Peterson is obviously picking you know vineyard, historic vineyards from a variety of locations here um, the oldest vines on the property which happened to be block 11 were planted in 1968 by Frank Barbaris. this 1.8 block of Petit Serrat grafted on St. George rootstock replaced Petit Serrat vines planted by his father and Frank replaced, replanted additional blocks to Petit Sarah in the early 1970s. So today, 11.3 acres of the old vine head-trained Petit Sarah are dry farmed in the tradition of the original farm. Now, there's a whole bunch of other stuff there. There's Petit Verdot, there's Cabernet, Chenin Blanc, Cab Franc. So a huge variety and uh, taken from many others as well. So.
9: I love the breakdown. Um, I didn't even know all of that. So that's uh, great to put in here. And to be completely honest, on these historic vineyard nights, you know, it's a a a lot to absorb. Well, it's a night off for me in one sense, and then I work a lot more in another sense. So I do a lot of running around instead of a lot of actual talking about the wine. So um, it's just so incredible to have these winemakers here and be able to talk about their wines and hear them talk about them. And, you know, Mike Carlisle brought, or uh, Mike Officer, excuse me, from Carlisle. Brought the pictures of his two vineyards and these massive, you know, blown up uh, photos we have in the in nice. the bar, and it really just puts a perspective. You know, these uh, mammoth vines that are just yeah, you know, it's so special that we still have them in California. Right. Yeah.
0: Misty talked earlier about, you know, how visitors can figure out well, what's a historic likely historic vine? Well, those big fat trunks. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the
9: easiest thing yeah, to do. Yeah,
2: and uh, gnarly, and just yep. they look like you're like wow that's a grapevine? If you're you're
9: questioning if it's a grapevine it's probably a historic vine. Yeah. Yeah. For sure and a lot of people talk about what is old vine um, there's a bunch of different you know classifications of it Um, some companies might say that 15 years is old vine. I've heard like 40 years is kind of.
0: There is no there is no technical or legal designation as to what an old vine is.
9: It's kind of like Reserva and you know reserve people can just use those words Um, but 40 years seems to be like kind of like industry standard for old vine, but then, you know, these historic vines, you know, some of these are planted in the 1880s in you know, a bedrock vineyard and then um, back to about 50 years old on the, on the younger sides. These are well-established. Um, I think everything's own-rooted tonight as well.
2: And this is just an amazing event. I mean, how do you go about planning events like this, or does Sonoma's best host other events like this? Um, is I mean, it seems very relationship-driven
9: it is you know it's a beauty of having a, a small independent wine store in sonoma knowing winemakers personally You know, i can ask a lot of them so they can you know do events like right. this here um and so the relationship thing is, is spot on um, i usually do one big event per quarter um, so actually next month we will kind of butt up with each other my uh, fourth annual champagne party will happen so we get uh, about the same size crowd over 100 people um, and for this building 100 120 is kind of Fire code Max is bigger than that but <laughs> for for like enjoyment sake. But it's, sake, it's 120 shoulder people. to shoulder, yeah. right? Yeah, 120 people is just uh, about perfect. It, you know, if I sold, I could I, I cut the you know the ticket sales off because it would have been too packed. But um, and
0: it's sold, yeah, you out. sold it out, which yeah. is sold fantastic. Out. So can you just
1: describe for our listeners what it is like in here since they can't see what, sure. what's yeah. happening? Sure. Um,
9: yeah. If you're if you're pulling up to the building, it's a 108 year old kind of farm store if you will and yeah it's uh, a general store and it sure looks like Uh, it too it used to be a uh, stop on the train and kind of come into like a a large room it's all original hardwoods and wood everywhere Um, and there's a coffee bar and some mercantile shopping Uh, if you go to the Mm -hmm. right there's a deli and to the left the wine store Um, and then we're in the back kind of like eating room right now where I set up Um, Some VIP customers that are you know great supporters, and then we have the the table here. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, if you come in, you go to the left, you go to the wine room. You know, over five hundred different wines available. And in the
0: warm Uh, months, there's the wonderful patio area in the back and the guest cottages for people who want to visit. Absolutely, yeah.
9: We do the rosé party in the garden every summer, and we get uh, even more people to that. And yeah, it's just it's just a fun. The I left corporate wine to do independent things, and so I'm trying my very best to do things you can't do other places. Yeah, um, this is
0: about as far from corporate wines as you get.
2: And then Todd and his team, like, what I love most is if you come here and you tell them about the wines that you like, or if you come here frequently enough so they start to know which wines you like, yeah. like, they'll just tell it. you immediately, like, which wines you'll like. You'll buy them, and you're like, oh, my gosh, he was right. I did Thank you,
0: Thank you. Yeah. Name of the,
9: awesome. name I the game. A good friend of mine, Priscilla Essert, um, shout-out Priscilla, uh, she came in the other day, and she's like, I want to make you a shirt because um, – she doesn't have to think because I tell her what to drink so she I need a shirt that says you don't have to think Todd tells you what to drink oh so, uh, it's yeah.
1: perfect yeah. I love it yeah, yeah. start selling them start them. Yeah. selling those here. so how do um, people find out about Sonoma's Best can they go to a website and sign up to be on an email list so they know about yep. these events yes.
0: so you so
9: can do happens? that at sonomas-best.com um, my Instagram handle for just the wine side is yeah. at Sonoma Wine Merch as a merchant and I, I post everything I do through there but you yep the, if you just want to do the email list, Sonoma's bestcom Okay, that's do you, a great do you way. also way to have find a out. wine
1: club sort of system? People yeah. can sign up for. We have a wine club. Uh,
9: we have uh, almost 200 members in the club. Um, so It's pretty great. Once a quarter, six bottles, 150 bucks. Stuff that does really well at the tasting bar. Um, I I sleep with the club, so. And I like it's a it.
8: great
0: way for people who. Are going? Oh, I don't want the same stuff over and over. Yeah. Well, but you're getting it from a wine shop that's yeah. been hand selected yeah. by a, it's a certified sommelier. Mm. Yeah. Ooh! Yeah. And for there 150
9: you bucks, you know, it's a it's a great deal. It's a 25 dollars average bottle, so it's not like right. It's up that's to a drink. great price. And I actually recommend that the six bottles you get in the club are consumed before you get the next club. So I don't want. I mean, you could lay some of the stuff down, but my club. But is you not don't have consuming to consuming it. The number one complaint. The complaints I hear from people about wine clubs is I never drink the wines. <laughs> I never drink the wines. I put them in my cellar, I never drink the wines. Oh, so no, I figured, drink the wines. You know what, My wine club, let's focus on <laughs> the exact opposite. Let's focus on drinking <laughs> the wines.
2: Drink now, yeah. drink now. Yeah. Drink now. So yeah. This was so fun to try one of Joel's wines from a yeah. different appellation, yeah. right. completely different varietal. Yeah. And From the Palisades. See, yeah, and to see what magic he can do. Because this is the first wine that I've personally mm-hmm. tried of his that's okay. outside of the
0: Zimedal It's amazing. Yeah. and um, this yeah. is It's really an inky ordinary. black. Um, I have more notes here. I don't want to go too far because I know you got to jump up here, yeah, I mean, Todd. You could,
9: you could put a feather in here and probably you know, write a, a letter to somebody and send it. It's so deep and dark. Yeah, yeah it sure. really
0: is. Um, the property, the Palisades mm-hmm. Vineyard, um, has been planted two grapes since 1878 when it was orm- owned <laughs> by James Horn he was an immigrant from Scotland i oh, mean you just you just Shout wouldn't believe there you go, nice, perfect.
1: Yeah, <laughs> our host is doing well, a little. Our our guest is doing a little um, wine tasting out of the bottle. I f- I <laughs> uh, my glass hey, the bottle hey! After putting this all together, that. Todd,
0: you we deserve it most that. definitely.
9: And I would love to sit with you, but I gotta go. Yes, yeah. yeah. you do. So, close thank you for really interrupting, really Marcia. So no, know no, know no, know, no, know, no, it's, it's fine. thank you so much yeah. for broadcasting. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. All right, ladies. Well, it's another episode of Wine Women Radio looking at a wrap after a really big evening here at Sonoma's best celebrating the historic vineyards of particularly of Sonoma but we also hit a, it's of California all together because we hit on Cucamonga and, and uh, so Mendocino California. and Contra Costa so we were really stretching all the way around so mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers, ladies and listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with us. This is kind of a long show, uh, but we had a lot of wines to taste and a lot of guests to go through. Come back and visit us next week. We'll have another show for you next week on Wine Women Radio. Bye -bye. Bye. Bye.